Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So we're going to be hearing things all day, well into the evening, about this subway shooting in New York. The numbers of dead, uh, injured, uh, whether or not anybody's dead at all, these, these things are going to change. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's always great to be with you guys. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, rumble.com slash Tony Katz. And the reason I say we're going to be talking about it tomorrow is because everyone and their mother is going to rush. They know this, they know that, they know the other. You guys know me. I like to wait. The breaking news is easy. It's going to pop up on your phone. There's nothing I can give you that's different. What I can do is ensure that the news I am giving you is proper, actually sourced. And these things do change. So we're going to have some more on this uh, tomorrow uh, on this shooting in a New York subway. And, of course, you're going to have uh, President Biden scream about firearms. And then the response is going to be, as as we discussed uh, with Steve Gutowski of, of The Reload, aren't there gun laws in New York? We'll leave that to the side for now. Because the big story is the inflation. And the 8.5% when you look at the consumer prices, rising 8.5% in March. That was a larger jump than was expected. It's the highest number since 1981. And earlier today, I spoke to Dr. Matt Will, an economist at the University of Indianapolis, and he was like, 8.5%? That is that is not it. You, you are way bigger than that. Listen. First things first, am I reading it right? And are we reading it right when we see consumer price index? I think that's what they're calling it. 8.5%. This is year over year. This is the inflation rate, correct? Uh, Yes and no. Um, Yes, that is the last 12 months. But Tony, if you look at just March, and I think everyone in your audience knows how to annualize something. Multiply it by 12. So if you take just the March number and you multiply it by 12, that's 14.4%. We haven't seen that high of inflation since 1981, Tony. This is an outrageous number. Forget the sticker shock of 8.5, which is the preceding 12. That includes some low months. Just look at this last month, 14.4%, Tony. Everyone in this country got a 14.4% pay cut today. Now, we understand the 14.4% pay cut as the idea that your dollar is worth less. Inflation going up, as inflation as you've uh, described it, is the idea that you have too much cash and not enough stuff. Inflation is your dollar being worth less than it was. So even when we see real wages going up, the inflation rate beating that, your money is still worth less. But it does it work out that way to a 14% pay cut? Is, is it actual percentage to dollar? It is, Tony, because when you go to the store and you pay more in this month, you're going to pay 1.2% more for everything you buy. That's just one month out of 12, Tony. If that happens every month for the year, you just got a 14% pay cut. And Tony, it's not a pay cut. It's more of a tax because the people who control inflation is the government. Yes, there's a contribute, there's contribution from Putin. There's contribution from the pandemic, but the federal government, the federal reserve board, and the federal government spending money, they can pull back the supply of cash. The stuff is out of their control in large part, but the cash is not, and they could pull that back. 
they have given you a tax increase. You have been from the very beginning, very, very clear eyed about the idea that um, what, what, what we're seeing from uh, out, out of Ukraine and from Russia is only a piece of a larger puzzle. From the very beginning, you've been very on top of the idea, uh, doctor, that this is Biden policy much more than it is Russian invasion of Ukraine. You still hold to that? I do, because, Tony, we keep saying there's two parts. There's cash and there's stuff. And you just said it. The stuff is declining because of the pandemic, because of the the war. But the cash is still in control of the government. But they're afraid, Tony, they're afraid to fix the problem because it will cause a recession. If they cut their spending, which will reduce the cash, if they reduce the money supply, which will reduce the cash, by definition, it will cause a recession, Tony, because the definition of recession, two quarters in a row of decline in GDP. GDP is a formula, Tony. Included in the formula is government spending. They know to fix the problem will cause a recession and they're putting it off and they're putting it off and they're putting it off maybe until after the election, Tony, but they're putting it off on purpose and that's going to get bigger and worse. You're making the argument that it's a calculation on the point of the Biden administration not to reduce spending because the reduced spending brings us the recession and because we that gets added into the formula. You you believe that it's absolutely political, that the spending is the key. Reducing the spending will help bring down the inflation and they won't do it because they're trying to do anything in terms of the Biden administration to hold on to some levels of acceptability in the House and the Senate. Tony, okay, maybe it's not political. Maybe they're just not that bright. But everybody that took economics in the first day of their first course, they knew this, Tony. Every inflation's a very you can talk to, you know, go to big jumbo university economists who are very liberal. They'll tell you the same thing. The Federal Reserve Board, in combination with the federal spending policy, causes inflation. Now they may be focusing on the Federal Reserve Board because maybe there are some economists out there who love government spending. But the reality is those entities are the ones that cause it. And they can eliminate it tomorrow, but it's going to be painful. I want to take a look at this right here. This is the Bureau of Labor Statistics, right? And and this is the report that just came out. And this chart right here on top, sir, which might be a little small uh, for some to see, the blue line is all items. The red line is all items less food and energy. So you see that the all items is the eight and a half percent, which I I understand your argument, sir, that you're arguing that it's higher. The all items, less food and energy is five and a half percent. Is there something in that that we're supposed to say, well, there's a silver lining there or is it all as bad as we think it is? Well, okay. if you want a silver lining for two months in a row now, the cost of new or used cars and trucks has declined. So after a 35% increase, Tony, we've seen a 35% increase in used cars and trucks. We finally see two months of decline. So I um, guess that's the silver lining. I, I will tell you that I spend a lot of time staring at luxury goods. And I have seen luxury good prices. Uh, uh, for example, uh, watch markets, right? Uh, men's watches, luxury watches. I've been looking at vehicles. I have seen those things come down. And the only thing that I've been able to come to in that argument is that, man, people really need the cash or they're worried. So they're getting rid of the thing that they thought of as an investment, figuring there was a a high coming and they were taking the cash. Am I right or am I wrong? Um, You're correct, Tony, but there's even more to the story. What you're seeing is inflation is primarily a middle class phenomenon. 
wealthy people can afford the inflation more than people in the middle class. But what you're seeing on luxury goods, Tony, is it's starting to creep in to higher levels of income now. Everybody's starting to see the impact. Everyone. So now let's take it back to this, uh, this, this, what we have right here, this this chart here from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. And we take a look at at certain things, uh, you know, food at home and food away from home and how these things are calculated. And it goes down this this whole list right here. The food index increased 1% in March as the food at home index increased 1.5% over the the month i guess the question is as i go through this reporting sir is there something here as i mean it just came out this morning you've only had a little bit of time to look at it is there something here that jumps out at you and says oh this this is the problem <laughs> no the, the everything or the indicator of something worse even maybe that's what i meant well, that, that's a better way to say it yeah the the data doesn't show me anything that we didn't already know um, the, the, what we're noticing is that the government can't hide anymore. So they're coming up with more and more excuses. So now Putin's the culprit. You know, Putin wasn't the culprit 12 months ago when it was transitory. He wasn't the culprit even last month when they said he, he was the problem, but the war hadn't even started yet. The, the sanctions weren't even in place yet. So now he's the culprit for, for inflation that instantly happened. Well, Tony, it didn't instantly happen. It's been coming up all along. Now, you ask in the report, is there anything? Well, yes. If you look at the the 1.5%, which is just one month, multiply it by 12, and you're going to get 18% inflation for food at home. Again, a large part of that is because of the war, because of the wheat that's coming out of, of uh, the Ukraine or not coming out of the Ukraine at the moment right. and not coming out of Russia. Um, we're okay in the U.S., Think of the wheat prices across the globe. I was looking at, um, I, uh, just out of the blue, I was looking at prices in Egypt where they get almost all of their wheat from the Ukraine and from Russia. They've seen a, a quadrupling of prices in things like bread. We don't see that here. We're seeing 18% increase. That's nothing compared to what's happening in the rest of the world. Uh, but it's still it's, it's still a whole lot of something. It's still yes. not a whole lot of something. Uh, we've been hearing a, a little bit of action from the Fed before. Before I know you, you're, you're up against, I got to let you go. Um, we've been hearing a whole bunch from the Fed and, and supposedly the the doves, um, feel the air quotes, the doves uh, on the Fed now talking about the fact that the in, in inflation hurts the poor the most and therefore we have to do something. And so they were already talking about seven rate hikes. They did the first one at a quarter percent. So you can argue that we're going to see at least one and three quarter percent uh, uh, increase in, in that interest rate. They're now talking about half percents at the regular click. 2022 is over. How much has the interest rate gone up in 2022, in your view? Oh, that, you know what? That's Not right. enough. Prognostication. I want you to do it. I, I know. Look but into my, the crystal ball. My answer will be not enough. Because <laughs> you're a frightening man sometimes. Well, but it's true because they can stop inflation if they would just do it and stop talking about it. Stop spending, increase the Fed funds rate. They should have done a half percent before. They should be doing a half a percent next time. And it should be half a percent every time until they get this under control. In 1981, Tony, we had a massive recession. It was a necessary outcome to bad economic policy. Until that happens here, we're going to have bad, we're going to have bad times. And they need to face, face the music sooner rather than later, because if they put it off, it'll be worse. And I believe they're putting it off for political reasons. That is Dr. Matt Will, economist with the University of Indianapolis. And uh, uh, 
you never paint a rosy picture. Um, you, you, you I do. Yeah. I do. It's just when it's warranted. Hey, yes. used car I, prices are down. That's a good thing. You, you should never, ever write children's books. <laughs> never should you tell bedtime stories. Thank never you. Never once. So this is where we're at. First of all, it's true. That man should never read your bedtime stories. Never once. Never ever. Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis. I always uh, appreciate him. D-R-M-A-T-T-W-I-L-L. Uh, that's where you find him on the Twitter box. Uh, the idea that the Biden administration will tell us that it's a strong economy. And we have, for example, uh, the Indiana Democratic Party that wants to talk about how great the American Rescue Plan is. And look at all the good things it's doing. If you have had 14% of your paycheck taken away just by inflation, never mind taxation. Well, and you can see inflation as a tax. The point is you're not feeling good because you're not in a good place. Things are not good for you. They're not good for your family. And it's obvious to see. And we're even the, this conversation of the, the Fed is having. The Federal Reserve is saying we have to do something about inflation because it affects the poor. A recognition that it affects the poor, that, that's them speaking in political tones. But yes, if you have more expendable cash, you have to spend a little bit more on X, Y, or Z. The inflation affects you less than if you're on a fixed income and an extra 14% to whatever the dollar amount is or whatever it is you're buying means you have to forego something else. That's real. That's the story. We will be covering this. But if the Biden administration wants to spin, the only people they're fooling is themselves, not an America that votes in November. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. So it was never about race and Adonis Tuggle lied. Well, I, I, I can't even say that, that I blame him. And, and I don't know if, if by the law they would say uh, that he lied. But if he claims that a cop was on top of him because it was all racially motivated, well, then, yes, that's a lie. But let's get into why he said it, shall we? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. Who's Adonis Tuggle? You got to go over to Purdue University. And this was in February, and we saw a video of a black man, Adonis Tuggle, being restrained by a Purdue police officer. The officer, is it Selk or Selkie, S-E-L-K-E, has got um, his, uh, his uh, arm uh, on, on Tuggle's neck and, and, and face. Uh, the, the girlfriend is screaming uh, to the cop to, uh, to get uh, you know, the elbow off her, off her boyfriend's neck right there. Everybody's screaming and, and, and yelling. But how did it happen? All we saw was this little bit of video. All we saw was this little bit of video. And, uh, and from that, we were told that this was a racial incident. And then you had attorneys like Andrew Stroth. He's the managing director of Action Injury Law Group, a national civil rights law firm based out of Chicago. Saying, quote, I think parents, especially parents of black young men and women, are going to think twice about going to Purdue if that's the university where police officers use excessive and unreasonable force, unquote. That, that, that was it. And then he follows up by saying he wants to sit down with Mitch Daniels, president of Purdue University, former governor of Indiana. 
The family and I would like to sit down with the president and his legal counsel and talk about how we, how do we move forward in a productive fashion so that no other student, black, white, Hispanic, experiences the police brutality that Adonis Tuggle experienced on February 4th. But we didn't know if it was police brutality. We had no idea. I get that Tuggle's mother would say she was disappointed uh, and disturbed about what she saw. And she wants Daniel's quote to protect me and my son, Adonis Tuggle, from racist acts of retaliation, which he is now experiencing because of this nightmare being brought to public attention. But the police were called because Tuggle was clearly in his fight with his girlfriend. And as the prosecutor explained, Tuggle had his girlfriend's keys and phone and wouldn't let her leave. And enough people were concerned that they called the police. And that's when Officer Selke showed up. And Adonis Tuggle did not listen to cops. And that's when the fight moved forward. And that's when the officer was trying to restrain Tuggle. And so what did Tuggle do? Being a black man and the cop being a white man screamed racism. He lied through his damn teeth. And the girl who is being told she couldn't leave by this guy just moments before, is screaming at the cop to get off her boyfriend. Now, I will tell you that years ago, my family and I owned a, a bar restaurant. My father explained to me early, early on that you don't get involved in domestic disputes. You call the police. You cannot trust anybody in a domestic dispute. You have no idea how deep these emotions go. He could be hitting her. You could try and stop him, and she will get angry at you. Because in those kinds of disputes, nothing as is, is rational. He was absolutely right, by the way. 100% right, and I see it here again. But I think the story here is the people who screamed and yelled racism, screamed and yelled bigotry, and they didn't know anything about it. My take... My off-the-bat response to any of these activities is to say, eh, I'll wait for an investigation. Right now, all you are is noise. And I will set out to not believe the people who scream about race right from the beginning. I will start by the theory that they're lying, but I'll wait for the investigation to be done to find out what happened. I'm going to wait for investigations to find out what happened. You think that your, your son had to deal with some things? What do you think this cop dealt with? What do you think he's still going to deal with? I want to know if the cop can sue. The whole Tuggle family and, and the woman in question. For putting him through this. And then what came after it? I don't know. Ghost guns. Real, not real. And what took place in New York? Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Joe Biden's looking for a win anywhere he can get a win. He's desperate. Desperate for the win. He's losing on the economy. He's losing on uh, the conversation of strength when it comes uh, to foreign policy and what we're seeing in Ukraine. He's losing against China. So what has he got? Well... He's got immigration. No, wait, he doesn't. He's losing on immigration. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. 
So he goes back to the well and says guns are the problem. The gun lobby tried to tie up the regulators and paperwork for a long, long time. The NRA called this rule, I'm about to announce, extreme. <laughs> extreme. But let me ask you, is it extreme to protect police officers? Extreme to protect our children? Extreme to keep guns out of the hands of people who couldn't even pass a background check? Look, the idea that someone on a terrorist list could purchase one of these guns is extreme. It isn't extreme. It's just basic common sense. I think it would be interesting to find out if he could define what a ghost gun is. Stephen Gutowski joins us right now. He is the editor and the publisher over at The Reload, thereload.com. And he's talking ghost guns, Stephen. He, he, he's talking about, um, uh, you know, he's got going to appoint another uh, director for ATF and try and go down uh, that road. Uh, but before we get to anything, and, and you may not have any information on uh, the specific event itself. Uh, today, there was this shooting in a, in a New York subway, and we have multiple mm-hmm. people uh, injured. We've got differing reports. We won't really know the, the totality until the evening or, or, or uh, tomorrow. A man in a gas mask opening fire on people, undetonated devices found. The point that I bring to you is that we, at these kinds of moments, will hear people scream about gun control. Can you give us, and, and I, I, I did not prepare you for this at all, can you give me an off-the-cuff of the level of gun laws there already are in New York? Oh, certainly, yeah. I mean, New York, especially New York City, has among the strictest gun laws in the entire country. You know, it's effectively impossible to get a permit to carry a gun in New York, which would make it, I mean, just the act of having a gun on the subway it would be illegal in and of itself. Uh, presumably, there's probably a dozen more laws that this perpetrator broke uh, in order to carry out the shooting. Obviously, it's extremely illegal to shoot people um, when you're, you know, outside of self-defense circumstances. And so, you know, there's a wide range of criminality just based on the the extremely early facts that we know uh, right now. The the the. The conversation is always about we need common sense gun laws, and you have uh, Joe Biden now talking about uh, ghost guns and common sense gun laws. First things first, let's define what a ghost gun is. Yeah, so a, a ghost gun is effectively just a gun that does not have a serial number engraved into it. Um, now, this could be because they were built uh, at home by someone, or, or uh, a criminal could have scraped off the serial number on a, a commercially manufactured firearm. So, so it, 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 but those are two different things. If someone's scraping off a serial number, that's a criminal act. If somebody makes right. a firearm at home and for, for their use at home, well, that's, that's allowed. That's within the law. Right. Yeah, as long as they're not a prohibited person, people have, well, since the founding, been able to, build their own guns for their own personal use. We only really regulate firearms in the commercial circumstance where you're building them to sell to other people. Then, then you have to go through licensing and conduct background checks and so forth. 
talking to Stephen Gutowski of The Reload. So why why this? Why is Biden picking this? I mean, the, the term ghost gun is utilized just to try and scare people in the same way assault rifle is utilized uh, as a way to try and, and scare people. Um, is is this the 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 tactic that they really think is going to finally work to try and uh, undo the Second Amendment? Well, I think they're doing this mainly because it's one of the only things they can do, uh, given that Congress is not going to be passing any major gun legislation in the near future because of the, the you know, the 50-50 Senate. Is, you're not going to get a uh, major gun control bill through there. So Biden has to work with what he can do on the executive side, and that's that's why he's focused on, on things like ghost gun kit bans and uh, pistol brace regulations, you know, stuff that he can use the ATF's regulatory authority to go after. The pistol brace one is 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 interesting because it has to do with the length of, of a barrel and if you 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 can make a claim that it's a pistol and 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 not uh, in any way a, a rifle because you only need one hand to shoot it, but if you have and they have this I think it was SIG that developed it, right? The, the, this brace that comes yep. out so you can better support yourself, and somehow they've decided that that's uh, uh, unacceptable. Yeah, it gets really into the weeds of federal gun laws, uh, the National Firearms Act, which regulates things like machine guns and short barrel rifles, um, and the, the intricacies of that and how people have, have adapted to those rules. Um, and now the Biden administration, of course, wants to go after anything that they could plausibly uh, do in, in that realm. And so that's why they've targeted things like, uh, you know, these un- unfinished gun part kits and uh, the pistol brace uh, at- attachments for for ARs and other guns. I think I lost you for a second there talking to Stephen Gutowski uh, of the reload.com. Let's go to your latest uh, there from the other day. Biden goes back to the ATF director well. He tried to give us David Chipman, and David Chipman, beyond an anti gun zealot, and came across as really crazy. Like, 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 not, not solid not okay not mentally uh stable that candidacy had to be withdrawn uh that nomination had to be withdrawn we now get into uh the former prosecutor and ohio attorney general candidate uh steve dettelbach to run the atf uh who is dettelbach how is he different from the radical progressive chipman uh, was and what could his confirmation mean for gun owners so Dettelbach is a, a former U.S. attorney in, in Ohio who also ran as a Democrat for the attorney general's uh, office back in 2018, and, and he lost. But, you know, he's he's publicly supported a lot of the gun control measures that President Biden favors, you know, assault weapons bans, magazine limits, um, universal background checks, red flag laws. Uh, so, on the, you know, at the base level, he's very similar to David Chipman in the sorts of policies he wants to see implemented. Uh, the real major difference is just that David Chipman worked directly for uh, one of the gun control groups, Giffords, whereas uh, Dettelbuck has been endorsed by them but never worked directly for them. And obviously, Chipman was a lot more bombastic and, and was uh, making statements about guns and media way more frequently than Dettelbuck, so that might have 
some difference when it comes to getting him confirmed. Obviously, the president only needs the votes from his own party to get that'll book through. So it's a pretty uh, low bar. Um, and, it, you know, that difference might be enough. Uh, but you still have probably a very similar uh, director to what David Chipman would have been uh, at the end of the day. Uh, my, my, I said uh, Attorney General, I should have said Attorney General candidate, You're, so I appreciate you uh, correcting me there. In the, I mean, Chipman was, I mean, uh, lots of video, kind of, and, and I'm not trying to be, you know, flip or glib when I say this, uh, he was a foaming at the mouth candidate. Um, so, yes, just if you engage an idea of, of contrast and compare, you use somebody who's a little bit normal, who can answer a question with clarity as opposed to with uh, radical emotion and, and, and disdain, and you may get a better response uh, from, from Democrats. But in the end result, as you're discussing, it's still the same point of view. So if you get a Dettelbach in position... What is it that you, me, and we, the lawful gun owner, will have to deal with? What changes would somebody in that ATF position try to make unilaterally, considering it's an agency and they can just make some decisions? Yeah, so a permanent confirmed director obviously serves for a longer period of time than the acting directors that we have normally seen at the ATF. And there's only been one confirmed director since it was made a Senate confirmed position in 2006. So it's it's not very common for them to actually get through. It's hard to get an ATF director confirmed. But if it happens, they'll have a lot more leeway to plan out strategy at the agency for longer periods of time because acting directors can only serve for uh, you know shorter periods before they have to be replaced. Uh, and so with a permanent director, and his vision can shape the agency in a more distinct way. He can have more guidance over what their top priorities are in terms of, you know, their enforcement, how they treat the gun industry, how they approach prosecuting gun crimes, uh, pretty, pretty much everything they do, you know, will have uh, more uh, a focus from, from that permanent director than, than the, the acting directors, because they can only implement their plans for a year or two before they, has to move on and someone else comes in and implements their vision. The ghost gun conversation as we started from from Joe Biden is as as I see it politically and I think others have and I think there are some Democrats who have as well as this kind of Hail Mary as as a outreach to the progressives who demanded him do something about guns right it's always do something about guns as opposed to uh, be be rational um and so he he has this ghost gun conversation he is appointing a, a second person to be the ATF director cuz well he has to he needs a director uh, of the ATF what are you hearing, Stephen, about what the wish list is of the political left? If they had their druthers, if they had the ability, what would they be going after? Well, I think yesterday's announcement is actually a, a pretty big win for the gun control groups because they had put a lot of public pressure on the president to both pick another director nominee after the Chipman failed and to move up this ghost gun uh, regulation, because it was really supposed to go into effect in June. That's the normal time frame that these rulemaking processes happen. It takes uh, you know a year and a half or so usually, but so they 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 were very publicly um, 
negative towards him for, for a good period of there. And it appears to have worked uh, for them pretty well in, in getting both of these things that they wanted. Uh, but they want more, of course. Um, you know, I think obviously legislation is not happening, but their, their big ask now is to basically appoint a sort of gun control czar, a, a cabinet adjacent uh, person to oversee the administration's gun control policies. So that that's their next big ask. We'll see if if Biden uh, folds to that one too. Stephen Gutowski, thereload.com is where you find his work. Uh, you, sh- you should be a subscriber and you should uh, get the information. Thereload.com. Stephen, always a pleasure. More coming up. I'm Tony Katz. So producer Ari says to me, uh, have, have you seen the new Stranger Things uh, trailer? And I'm like, no, I saw the last one. He goes, dude, it's going to mess you up. I said, what do you mean it's going to mess me up? He goes, it's going to mess up your face. I'm like, uh, okay. He says, you're going to need a glass of water. And I said, why? He goes, you'll be sweating so much when you watch this trailer. You're going to need to rehydrate. That's what I said. That's what he said. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. So now I have it in front of me, but I don't, I like, like I want to, I want to play it. It won't do a jump. Like just, you need the music. You need everything, right? Yes. You need the whole thing and you need the visuals too. Like it'll give you chills just listening to it. But like the whole experience, like I'm, I'm ready for it to go right into my veins. Okay. All right. I, uh, can I, can, can I get rid of Netflix after this? After this, what about season five? Honestly, I don't, I'll I'll get it for that month. Oh, then yeah. I mean, if, if I'm if just I'm tired of spending that's what you're hanging this on to, amount right? of money on all these streaming services. It's dumb. Pick and choose. I mean, Netflix gives you a lot for your a lot of. I don't think though. they do. I think they give you a lot of crap for your money. Oh, I mean, I guess that's subjective. There are very few things these days that I want to. Stranger Things is one of the things. It used to be Umbrella Academy, but man, have they ruined that. I mean, they ruined it. Here's And here's why. Oh, this is going to get me in trouble, but follow me. You have Ellen Page, actress, who decides uh, that they are now Elliot Page. I mean, surgeries and everything else. Oh, I, I just, I just, I, I, I don't, I, I, I don't know what else to say except uh, grown-up, adult can do what they want, and the fact that I don't understand it is is a meaningless uh, bit of it. Um, So now Elliot Page, not Ellen Page, and all of a sudden, they now change the character that Ellen Page played, who is now Elliot Page, to match what Elliot Page, who was Ellen Page, is doing in real life. I, what do you do if you're the producers, though? That is a, that is a humdinger. You have a freaking show that has a character, and Ellen or Elliot, call yourself whatever you want, is an actor. Actors act. That's what you do. Oh. Okay, I see. I thought you were saying they should have recast. Okay, I can see your point. Oh, a recast would have also been acceptable. Oh, they would have gotten killed for that. Why? Because Ellen, now Elliot, makes a decision for, 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 for himself. No, I'm sorry, for herself. Themselves. Nope, not playing that game. All of a sudden, everybody else has to figure out how to dance around? No. They, you know they would have gotten hammered, though. And you know what? T- to hell with the people who would have hammered them, because those people are garbage merchants. 
They're terrible, awful people, man. Ellen wants to be Elliot. Ellen can be Elliot. Ellen is a woman. Elliot's a woman. And 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 should be able to live Elliot should be able to live her life the way she sees fit. Go to it. I'm not there. And that's fine, right? I wouldn't let Elliot Page determine any part of my life. Why would I get to determine any part of Elliot's life? Again, you call yourself whatever you want. I have really no problem with the names. Um, but you're changing your show. You're changing your character. You're changing dynamics. Sorry. I'm not buying in. It's based on the, on the graphic. It's based on the comic, right? Yeah, it's a graphic novel. Yeah. Um, this, so this is a bit more poetic license than maybe should be allowed. Yes, I would have recast. Or I would have looked at Elliot and said, hey, you're an actor. Actors act. Go. Don't tell me about anything else. Your personal life doesn't mean anything to us. And this is really where it is. I don't want to hear about Elliot's personal life. Just do the show. But now you want to lecture to me and you want to change the show. I don't think that's still worth $15.99 a month, whatever it is that Netflix is charging. That's the difference. I'll have the updates on what's going on in New York, this shooting, these explosive devices. I'll have it for you tomorrow, everyone. Take care.